Greetings and welcome to episode 29 of the Transform Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Anastasio, and this is Thursday, 20 January, 2022. And welcome back, guys. Um, today, we are going to talk about Twitter. Uh, that's a social media platform that I think I probably haven't mentioned more than once or twice in the first 28 episodes of the podcast. So today is going to be kind of all about our take uh, here at Transform about some of the best ways you can use Twitter, some of the best reasons for using Twitter, if you want to put it that way. Uh, we're going to specifically go through four things that I want you guys to kind of take away from this and consider if, A, you're not on the platform and you're maybe leaning towards it or you, you know, you're willing to consider it, uh, and B, if you are on the platform and you're not necessarily doing these things, I would say, or, or you're aware of these things, maybe, you know, maybe you haven't even kind of thought about them. Uh, and this is a new way for you to think about it. So, uh, so it'll be a pretty compact episode. Um, we we're just going to focus on that and talk through that uh, and give you guys some ideas and some takeaways there. Uh, obviously, this is our second episode of the week uh, published, um, uh, what do you call it, a couple days ago. So, so I encourage you to check out uh, episode 28 from Tuesday, which talked about the three types of content, you know, talked about text and audio and video. So definitely encourage you guys to check that episode as well. Uh, but anyway, let's kind of dive right into this about Twitter. Obviously, you know, if you guys have been in the social media space at all, you know that Twitter is one of the older platforms. I mean, it basically debuted in 2006, if I remember correctly. So just a couple years after Facebook, you know, you had Twitter kind of becoming the du jour platform, uh, which was then overtaken about three or four years later by Instagram. Um, so it's really one of those original, you know, I mean, now going on, what, 15 years, uh, 16 years of, uh, of usage and, and being, being out there as a, as a potential tool for your business or for personal use. So that's a little bit of perspective on Twitter. Um, I, I would, as a backdrop, I would say to you guys that Twitter has really, in a lot of ways, kind of faded away. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's not gone. It's still there, and a lot of people use it. I mean, there's hundreds of millions of users on Twitter. But when you really stack it up against platforms like TikTok and Instagram, particularly, you know, looking at, like, short-form content like Reels on Instagram or YouTube, YouTube Shorts, uh, and even Facebook, I mean, Twitter has really kind of lost a lot of traction. And there's a lot of questions. The reason I'm even bringing this up is there's a lot of question about is it even worth being there? Like, why, why even use Twitter? Why even bother with it? And in some cases, I would say to you guys, it's not worth using. You know, it's not, it's not a one-size-fits-all. None of these platforms really are. Uh, I think every time you guys have heard me talk about uh, different social media platforms and different uses and so forth, there's always that caveat that it doesn't apply to 100% of you. It's not always going to be appropriate for your business. So I think that's something that you have to kind of always keep in mind and always keep an open mind about. But the reason I like for you guys to at least consider every one of these channels, including Twitter, is because, because of the vastness of the space you're dealing in when it comes to digital marketing and social media, it, it just begs for you to try to reach out to as many corners of your audience and the universe, uh, the social media universe, as you possibly can. So instead of, instead of ruling something out with an automatic, no, that's not for me, and later finding out maybe it could have been for you, I'd rather you go the other way. I'd rather you say, well, wait a second, let me stop and think about how I could use that platform or how it might bring me value. Uh, and then if I can't really get a substantive, you know, feel for that, then I'll just cross it off my list and move on. 
Okay, so that's that's kind of a backdrop here with Twitter. I mean, I think if you guys have been following the news about Twitter, I mean, you know, uh, CEO Jack Dorsey, you know, moving on to new things, uh, change in leadership there. Uh, of course, if you are on Twitter, you've seen a lot of fluctuation with different features kind of coming and going. Uh, you know, they tried to do like a story format, like Fleets uh, was the name of it. And of course, you know, Twitter by a rule is is fleeting. You know, it's 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 a, it's a very dynamic timeline that comes and goes quickly. So, so it was almost doomed to fail from the beginning that they that they even incorporated the Fleets option into Twitter. Didn't surprise me when they canceled it and took it away. I think last August in 2021. Uh, but anyway, so 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 if, if you've been on the platform, you know there's a lot of upheaval, you know there's a lot of things being tested out and tried out. And one of them, the fourth item we're going to get to today, is actually one of the more exciting things that has come out on Twitter and is really a very interesting possibility for your business. Uh, and we'll leave that for last. But, but the bottom line is, if you're on the platform, if you notice this kind of changeover, then you know that Twitter is trying to establish more relevance. And it's trying to present itself as a more usable, useful tool for whatever your purpose might be, but you know, in this case, business, I think there are cases to be made that Twitter can help your business. Okay, and that's what I want to kind of lay out for you today and just kind of kind of walk you through. So the first we go through these four things. So the first thing is what I would call presence slash going to your audience. Okay, now so here's the deal. So you might think, hey, my business doesn't really belong on Twitter. I don't need to be on Twitter. Well, the problem could be that you have potential customers, potential interested parties who, for their social media habits, they happen to be on Twitter a lot. And they happen to make that their platform of choice. Okay? And so when you're, sometimes when you're not on a platform at all, it's very noticeable. So let's say somebody comes across you. Let's say you're running ads, for example. Let's say you run some Facebook ads. And somebody gets hit with a Facebook ad and sees your business. And it's like, hmm, that's intriguing. That's, the, you know, I'm interested. You know, let me go over to my Twitter account and look them up on Twitter and see what they're doing on Twitter. See, what, see what's going on with this, with this business, with this account. And they go there and they can't find you. <laughs> and I mean, you're nowhere to be found because you don't have an account. It could potentially, I don't want to say it kills every deal. You know, I'm not trying to say it's, it's, it's a death stroke in every instance. But there's a very real possibility that because you didn't establish a presence there and because your audience this particular audience member or segment looked for you there and couldn't find you there they're like hey um okay well you know not interested anymore you know i'm not going to open an instagram account let's say i don't have one i'm not going to open an instagram account just to follow this one business like you know i would have followed them on twitter i would have wanted to see what they were talking about and what their updates were but i don't care anymore because they're not there and that's where i hang out 90% of the time on social media Okay, so, so I guess what I would leave you with on that point is don't underestimate the value of just establishing a presence, just having an account, got your brand there, got your logo there, got your slogan there, got a, got a, a link in the bio that goes out to the platform of your choice. Don't underestimate the value of, of those links. I mean, if, you, you know, if you're on any social media platform, you know the value of being able to, to produce a link or, or place a link like right in that top above the fold area of your account that you want to drive people to. I mean, this is why you see when you're on Instagram, you know, link in bio, link in bio, link in bio. I mean, it's like the most common, <laughs> commonly used phrase on Instagram is to drive people into the bio page and have a link there to go where you really want to send them, whether it's to a product page, a landing page, a podcast, a Facebook page, a website, whatever. 
So when you open a Twitter account, even if you don't plan on posting tons of content there, you don't, you don't plan on engaging in any community back and forth. Now, those could be lost opportunities, don't get me wrong. But even if you don't plan on being highly active, there could be real value to just you know, planting your flag there, getting your information loaded into a profile, and getting a link in there that drives people where you'd like them to go. And this way, when, you're, when you do happen to post on Twitter, when you do happen to uh, circulate material there, and you reel people in that way, they're going to look at your profile, and they're going to look at the bio, and they're going to go and click that link, you know, presumably, okay, you know, potentially. So, so really, step one here on why Twitter is simply staking, you know, staking your claim, putting your flag in the, in, in the ground, and saying, okay, I now have a presence on a platform that has hundreds of millions of users, and may very well have some audience members that I'm not reaching if I don't go onto this platform, Okay. So that's number one. Uh, number two, second reason that we want you guys to consider when you think about Twitter is linking out to material that you're posting elsewhere. So specifically, now I talked a little bit about this with the bio link, but now I'm talking about from a posting perspective. Okay, so let's say, for example, you're like, hey, Chris, my social media platform of choice is YouTube. I post, you know, long form videos mostly on YouTube, you know, 10 plus minutes, very educational, blah, blah, blah. You know, that's where I really am. Well, if you establish a Twitter account, there's very little harm done, and I would say there's only upside, you know, because, I mean, you could argue there's a time component to do the posting or to make sure the posts go out or whatever. But there's really just upside, in my opinion, to being able to take that YouTube link for your latest episode, you know, whatever publication schedule you're on, plugging that into a tweet and sending it out and getting yet another link back to your video. You know, just, hey, if you reach two more people, 20 more people, 200 more people, who knows how many of them it's going to resonate with, and they're going to find your video helpful, they're going to find true value in it, they're going to start following you on YouTube, you've added another subscriber, and the snowball goes down the hill, okay? So when you think about specifically circulating and publishing material, reusing material, linking out to material, taking advantage of the algorithms that are tracking how many links you have going back to a, a particular source, um, you know, just from a search perspective, you know, going into Google and searching, you know, your business name and, and, you know, some qualifier, you know, some long tail keyword, for example, and just having one more link out there that, that makes the connection between your source material, let's say if you're hosting that on YouTube, and, oh, here's a tweet that has a link back to that channel. It just adds to the mix. It just strengthens the connection between the material that you're putting out on your primary channel and the sort of outreach that you're doing on the ancillary channels, you know, these secondary locations that you circulate content. And to be honest with you guys, when it comes to time commitment, clicking on a YouTube video, hitting the share button, hitting the copy link or hitting the, the actual tweet button and just hitting send or copy paste and then hitting send, it doesn't take very long. Okay. And, you know, obviously there's there's uh, probably better ways to even automate or smooth out that, that entire workflow. But even at the most basic level, just grabbing your YouTube link, if that's, let's say, where your main channel is, and dropping that link into a tweet, sending that tweet out with a couple of hashtags on it that you've, that you've already researched ahead of time uh, so you don't have to think about it every time, uh, it's just another link. It's just another connection that you have going back to your primary content. And it's just going to do you favors in the long run 
the more you get into that habit and the more you're reaching out to every corner uh, of, of the internet that you can, that you can humanly feasibly reach out to. Okay. And it's just, it's just consistent from this linking out perspective with the idea of being sort of omni-channel, like, you know, being on as many channels as you can reasonably manage and you can reasonably stitch together in terms of a workflow. And so those links become valuable in their own right. Okay. So we've already talked about presence. That was number one. We've already talked about linking out uh, number two, uh, to specific material and specific source um, uh, source content that, that you have, let's say, on your primary channel. So the third, the third aspect I'd encourage you guys to think about is customer service. And there's a specific aspect of customer service that's coming on Twitter. I think that's going to be really interesting. We'll get into that in a minute. But let's just talk customer service for a second. So, and I'm speaking personally from experience here. I don't know how many of you guys, you know, would, would maybe attest to this as well. But when I have a bad customer service experience, like when I'm kind of fed up with somebody or I feel like a business has kind of done me wrong, so to speak, um, I usually think to go to Twitter and say, you know what, I'm just going to pull up their, their Twitter account, you know, assuming they have one, and I'm just going to state something about my experience. Or I'm going to reach out to them and ask them a question. You know, like, hey, what's going on with my order? Hey, wh where is my shipment? Hey, how come you guys didn't, didn't follow up on this? And what I'm accomplishing is a couple different things. Number one, it's very likely in this day and age, I'm actually going to get a faster response that way. Because a lot of these businesses that have robust Twitter uh, uh, presences, they monitor these things. I mean, they are looking for people who are mentioning them. They're actively monitoring that, and as they should, and that's a great habit for them to be in. And so when I go on there and I mention them and I have their account listed and tagged in my tweet, they're going to see it, and, and they're going to realize, and this is the second aspect, so that's the speed aspect, but the other aspect is the publicity, right? I'm basically putting a tweet out there with a business's name in it and probably a bad experience following that that's now in front of X hundred million users, right? And... Even though you say, well, I could do that on any social media platform. I could, I could go on any platform and mention somebody and do the same thing. That's true, but I think the combination of the textual basis, you know, the fact that you're writing a complaint, just like in the old days you might have sent an email or you might have written a letter, we have to admit that the most textually based platform these days essentially is Twitter. I mean, I guess you could still write long Facebook posts, but that's not nearly as common as people composing tweets. And, and in a sense, that makes sense because on Twitter, you're doing 280 characters much quicker, much more efficient than writing a missive on Facebook, for example. So if somebody's writing a complaint somewhere, you better believe it's probably on Twitter, okay? I mean, unless they go directly to the source and they're, let's say, posting on you know, a company's website or something like that or going through their customer service form or whatnot. But if they're on social media, they probably are posting that complaint on Twitter, Okay, so, so, so there's a lot of gravity there. There's the speed of, of, you know, just knocking out a quick 280 character or less tweet, boom, hitting send, boom, the mention pops up on the other end for the business. And now they realize, oh, there's a tweet floating out there about us that's very negative and we better answer it. And I, I will be honest with you guys, I am actually, you know, even though I'm usually upset with the business I'm writing to, I am fairly impressed with the kind of res like result that that creates. I'm not saying it's 100% of the time. I'm not saying everybody always responds to me and gives me some concession. But it is more often than not that I at least receive an acknowledgement. And sometimes that acknowledgement is like, hey, call us at the customer service number. Or, hey, you know, write us an email here. We want to hear more about it. But it's just sometimes the feeling that somebody is responding to you 
somebody sees you, somebody is, is assenting to the fact that you have a problem, uh, that, that really makes the difference. And so I think when you think about customer service, there are a lot of ways to slice it. I mean, on your Facebook page, you could have Messenger. On, you know, on a website, you could have a chat bot that, 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 that automatically and quickly responds to somebody. So don't get me wrong. It's not like, oh, if you're not on Twitter, you're not doing customer service correctly in a digital space. No, it's not what I'm talking about. It, there definitely are other options. But I think what you'll find, guys, if you just kind of measure them out and contrast them to each other, I mean, try it out for your own sake. Like, try it out when you're upset with a, with a business's service. Or, or maybe you want to compliment them. Maybe you want to go the other way and be positive. You can say, hey, you know, let me just get on Twitter and send a quick note and see what happens. And I think you're going to find that you get fairly good response rates there. And, and think about it this way. When you don't get one, how does that make you feel? It doesn't make you feel very good when you don't get the response. So it kind of teaches you a little bit the value of that, right? And so you can picture like, okay, you know, I got my business. I'm on Twitter. Somebody tags me. Maybe they're not so happy about something. If I respond right away, if I'm very, if I am very helpful, if I go, if I bend over backward to make their situation right, I'm doing that publicly. I am displaying to my users, to my followers, to, to my audience, to my would-be audience, that I am responsive, that I am listening, I, I see somebody talking about my business, I'm responding to them immediately, as quickly as humanly possible, and I am resolving their problem. So it's literally like customer service on display, and it's being displayed in a fairly quick and, and, and frictionless manner. Okay? So now, one of the interesting things here, guys, excuse me, that I want to mention that's kind of interesting about Twitter, and this goes back to what I talked about earlier with like the, the platform fluctuating and trying out new features and things like that, is that Twitter is testing, and I'm, sh I'm pretty sure if you're listening to this right now, especially if you're in the United States, I don't think you've seen this yet. I don't think it's reached us yet. I may be wrong about that, but I just, I think I saw this feature like a week ago, and they said they were still in a beta uh, testing phase. But uh, Twitter is experimenting with, you know, when you, when you go to compose a tweet, you have two options. I mean, excuse me, when you go to react to a tweet, you have two options. You can just retweet it and just replicate it and send it out that way, or you can quote it and you can add your own tweet on top of it. They're experimenting with a third option, which is a video response, where you would click the button and now you're, you're literally like contextually inside of a video uh, recording that you obviously, you know, you, you go ahead and, and execute that. And as you do that, it comes out and it's transmitted as a video response to the tweet that you quoted. And so this is really kind of fascinating because I think, number one, the fact that it's natively built in is very interesting contextually because, yeah, I could go on my phone, I could record a video, I could save it in my photo video file, I can go back into Twitter, and I can upload the video to respond to somebody. But I just described, you know, three, four, five steps there. And the likelihood that you're going to do that when you can just type back a response is not very high, right? At least as things currently stand. Now, if Twitter implements this and says, okay, you now have a third option. You can just reply with a video. Just click the button, boom, the camera comes up, start recording. When you're done, you know, maybe you get to review it or whatever. I'm not even sure, but you probably do. You review it, boom, you send it out, and now you've responded with a video. And the meaning behind that is it's not an impersonal, you know, 280-character text kind of response. It's, it's them seeing your face. It's them reading your body language. It's them seeing you care enough to record a video. I mean, a lot of people don't like recording videos of themselves. So if you do that, and you say, hey, I got a complaint here. Somebody's upset about an order or this or that. I'm not just going to respond to them. I'm actually going to record this video tweet back to them. You have elevated your customer service game even higher. 
I mean, you've, to me, it's, it's very, un, unless you've really screwed somebody over, it's very unlikely that that's not going to create a measure of positivity if you are quickly responding, number one, and number two, you're doing it in video form so they can see the empathy. They, it's not just they're reading words and like, well, what do they mean by this? They're being sarcastic or whatever. They're being sincere. They see the sincerity. They see the response. They see the look on your face. They see the way you're delivering the, uh, the words. And it, it, just, it just builds the rapport, hopefully, you know, rapport uh, even more than, than what might have happened if you just sent back a textual tweet. Okay, so very, very interesting, guys. I mean, we will, we will talk about that feature when it comes out. I mean, I'm, uh, you know, maybe I even missed it this week in, in the latest batch of news. Uh, so we'll look out for that. We'll let you guys know when that comes out. Uh, some really, really interesting things you can do with video quoted tweets. Uh, but I think customer service is going to be a really interesting one and a really critical one uh, to businesses that are serious about using a platform like Twitter to be helpful and responsive to their customer base. Okay, let's get to the last one. And this is the one, guys, that I kind of hinted at earlier in the episode. I said, you know, how the platform had tested a lot of different things and a lot of things kind of went by the wayside uh, with Twitter and just we haven't caught on yet, even though they're still available. One of the major things, in fact, a lot of people, I think, would say this is the major thing that Twitter has stumbled upon and really done a very nice job with is spaces. Okay, now, if you guys are on Twitter, you know what I'm talking about. You've already seen spaces. It's at the top of your Twitter a feed, you know, we're on the main feed page, you have those purple circles up there, and when you click on them, you can go into a room, and you're listening to audio content that's live, okay, now I, I think there's an option to listen to recordings, I don't know if that's already happening, or if they plan to do that, or whatever, but the bottom line is, you can go into these uh, spaces, um, and, and, and you can just listen in, and you can find one uh, that, that conforms to your uh, area of interest, you know, whether it's your business or personal, or whatever, uh, you can go to multiple ones. I mean, there's no limit on that. Um, and, and you can participate in audio exchanges a la Clubhouse. Okay, we haven't really talked a ton here on the podcast about Clubhouse. I think we did cover it maybe one of the early, very early episodes. But the bottom line is Spaces was the answer on Twitter to Clubhouse. And the interesting thing about it was, you know, Clubhouse was very hip at first, I think when it came out in 2020. Or, or gained popularity in 2020 during the pandemic, but it's a one-trick pony. It's just audio rooms. I mean, there's nothing else really going on there uh, in Clubhouse, essentially. But on Twitter, Twitter realizing it already had a built-in user base that was using Twitter for lots of different things. I mean, putting out original content, responding to other people's content, getting into conversations, customer service, whatever. They then added spaces on top of that and said, hey, look, you're already here in Twitter. Now you can jump on an audio uh, an audio um, feed, uh, you know, like Clubhouse has, but you do it here on Twitter, and we've called it Spaces. And I think Spaces has a lot of potential. Um, I mean, I, I hear a lot of stuff about it. I mean, you, you, know, you could probably find all kinds of opinions about it. Personally, I think it's really interesting uh, to, to have access to it, to just be able to get in and participate and kind of bring some attention to yourself if you get a chance to speak in the, in the, in the space that you, that you join. I mean, not all of them are you allowed to do that. But just having your account in there, sometimes people will go in, they'll look at the accounts and see, oh, who else is in this space with me? And you may get somebody reaching out to you that way. So just participating is really interesting. And then I think on top of that, if you end up hosting your own Twitter space, you have even more traction potentially there by attracting people into, you know, let's say a, a weekly space. Let's, you know, every Wednesday at 7 p.m., you hold a weekly space 
and you get to bring people on and you get to share ideas and you get to talk about your business or you know pitch the latest offering or whatever. Uh, I would encourage you probably to do less selling than not in a Twitter space, uh, maybe zero selling in a Twitter space, but just getting the opportunity to bring people together, get a community kind of built around uh, that, that sort of regularity, uh, you know, appearing in that, in that format on a regular basis. And I think it's just, it's just another vertical that you can open up on a platform that already has some interesting verticals, like we've already talked about on this podcast. Okay, so spaces is really interesting, guys. I mean, you know, obviously, transform. we don't have a Twitter space. I mean, it, it, you know, maybe something that we contemplate in the future, but, you know, we certainly look out at the landscape and, and, and monitor these things and, and uh, have a sense for what's working for, for other people as well. And I think it's something that, you know, if you're sold on, I, I would say this, if you're not sold on Twitter, if you don't think it's for you, you probably don't go on Twitter just to do spaces. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, it's so transformative that you got to go on Twitter and start a space and that's all you need to do. But I think if you're already there or if you think you're going to be there and some of these other reasons I talked about today have sold you on opening a Twitter account, I think then you go into that mode of exploring what spaces can mean to your business. And I think, you know, maybe it's just a sort of dip a toe in the water kind of thing where first you're just participating and then as you become more comfortable and you have more presence on Twitter, then you open up your own space and host your own audio room. Okay. So with that being said, guys, I think we're creeping up to the 30 minute mark. Uh, kind of want to shut it down here. I think, the, you know, these are the four main things that from our perspective, when we're talking about Twitter, this is the kind of stuff that you should be thinking about, contemplating. I think, to be honest with you guys, the first three uh, items that I mentioned, if any one of them applied to you, I would say you should be on Twitter. You know, if, if, if you have a presence issue that can be solved on Twitter, if you, if you have a link out issue where you want to link back to content and get more circulation uh, for a customer service, you know, that reasoning. I think any one of those three could justify it. I think spaces is kind of secondary. So if you can fit one of the first three categories, then I think you throw spaces in there and you say, okay, you know, I, I did meet one of those first three criteria that Chris talked about. And now that gives me an opportunity to get familiar with spaces. Okay. All right, guys. So as usual, if you guys have any questions, come over to our Facebook page, uh, you know, transform Facebook page, LinkedIn page, drop us a note there. It's one of the best ways to reach us. Uh, also through our website, through the web form, you can come out and, and uh, drop us an inquiry there. I uh, would love to hear from you guys. Um, super, super appreciate the support to the podcast. Definitely would love for you to subscribe or at least share uh, the podcast. Let people know it's out there, that it's helpful to you. It's creating value for you, that sort of thing. Um, looking ahead, guys, next week we'll be back. Um, looking to publish on 25 and 27 January, episodes 30 and 31. Uh, super excited about getting off to a great start here in 2022 as we head towards February. Uh, but again, guys, thank you so much for listening. Hope everybody has a great weekend as we head into the end of the week. Uh, once again, I'm Christopher Anastasia with Transform. Hope you guys have a great night, and we will talk to you again next week. Bye-bye.